This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. The Christ we've known so far has been the one of Matthew eleven twenty nine. Matthew eleven twenty nine, where he says, Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest in your souls. That's the Christ we've known so far, the meek Christ, the gentle Christ, the rest-giving Christ. He's been the Christ of John 7.37, John 7.37, the one who says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, that's what makes this passage all the more serious when the Savior says to the scribes and Pharisees, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, each one of these woes is like he's saying, there's no remedy. There's no remedy. You are without remedy. It's a terrible thing to say, without remedy. It reminds me of friends that, that I've known who have had cancer or have cancer, and they've went through one round of chemo after another round, one cocktail Well, the, the oncologist will say, okay, well, we haven't tried Ben-Christine, so we're gonna add Ben-Christine to the cocktail, we're gonna do adriamycin, we're gonna do methotrexate, whatever, and it's one after another, and then finally, the cancer's not stopped. I remember when my wife Cheryl was in Thornton Hospital for her leukemia for 30 days, she went through one round after another of chemo, and when they discharged her, the cancer had spread all the more through her bones, and they said, we have no remedy. We have no remedy. When she left, the nurses on the floor were crying. I wasn't crying. I was glad to get her back home. But as they were saying goodbye, they were crying, and meanwhile, Cheryl's telling them, don't worry, I have eternal life. And <laughs> she was telling them, great, Cheryl. Anyway, they were crying because they knew that as far as the leukemia was concerned, there was no remedy. There was no remedy. No remedy means no cure. And that's what it was like when Christ was telling these scribes and Pharisees, woe unto you, 
scribes and Pharisees, sin had reached a point where God said, there's no remedy. As he told Israel before the judgment of the uh, Babylon, Babylon taking them, in 2 Chronicles 36, 14, 2 Chronicles 34, 16, moreover, all the chief of the priests and the people transgressed very much after all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent unto them as messengers, rising up at times, sending, because he had compassion on his people, on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. No remedy. Second Chronicles 36, 15. No remedy. So Christ calls the scribes and Pharisees several times in this passage, but we're looking at verse 13 now. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's the description that he gave for them, hypocrites. The literal meaning of that Greek word, hypocrite, means a person who is a player in an act, a person who's an actor in a play, he's an actor. They were just actors. He was saying to them, the scribes and Pharisees, that they were just actors in a play called religion. It was a play called religion. Like an actor, the scribes and the Pharisees acted out their part. That was really not them, but they acted it. I mean, they couldn't be the people they were acting to be on the stage of this play called religion, and they were just acting their part like all players. They were being paid for it to act their part. And they didn't want to be the person that they were acting out on the stage, like an actor in a play called Religion, like when the play was in Truman Capote's In Cold Blood. You know, they the actor doesn't want to be that person, but he acts it, he gets paid for it, he gets paid for doing his job. He's impersonating, he's just, the actor is just impersonating the characters. This is a play called Religion. And for any hypocrite, any actor, just being an actor, Christ has, has one statement for the play actor, for the hypocrite, and the statement is, woe, woe to you. Now, who are these uh, characters of the scribes and Pharisees impersonating? Who are they play acting? Well, the scribes and the Pharisees, the priests, the elders, they were supposed to be, and they were acting out as if they were helpers of God. They were acting out as if they were taking care of God's business, as if they were assisting God in God's business. What's God's business? God's business is Hebrews 10, 19. Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. That's God's business. God's business is very simply put in that Hebrews 10.20 verse, Hebrews 10.20, a new and living way. Jesus Christ said in John 14.6 that he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So when he said, in John 14, 6, I am the way, and that no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He was talking about himself being the Hebrews 10, 20, new and living way, new and living way. 
he was the new and living way into heaven. The old, as opposed to not new, but the old, not living, but the dead, the old and dead way to, into heaven was Deuteronomy 8.1. Deuteronomy 8.1. This is the way that's vanishing away. Deuteronomy 8.1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that you might live, that you might live. The old and dead way into heaven is the way of keeping all of God's laws perfectly. It's called the way of works. It's the old and dead way into heaven because no one can keep the law perfectly except Christ. The way of the law is dead because Romans 3.23, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So the old way is a way of failure because we all failed because we all sinned. And that put us on the way of death. But this is opposed to the new and the living way, which is what Christ opened up for us by his blood. When it says in Hebrews 10.19, 10.19, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Christ, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. So, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil. So the veil, what's the veil? The veil was the thick curtain that blocked the entrance into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle where God was. It blocked the entrance to God. So the new and living way that Christ has opened up was through that barrier, through that veil with his blood. So to hear that there's a new and living way, that sparks interest, that sparks excitement, that sparks a spirit of, what is this, and why don't we try this new and living way? It reminds me of the, of the settlers in the 1800s who were coming from the, from the east to the west coast, and they used the, the old way, the so-called Oregon Trail, which uh, was a hard trail, and one in 10 people died on that trail. They died of, of dehydration, they died of malnutrition, they died of disease, mostly of disease, or they were trapped in the snow. But there were these reports at this time of new ways of the Santa Fe Trail, of the California Trail, where the settlers, when they got to Missouri, to St. Joseph, Missouri, they had to decide at that point which trail they're gonna take to try to make it to the West Coast. People are like settlers trying to move from Earth to heaven. And on Earth is like St. Joe. Every person has to decide which trail he's gonna try to reach heaven by. And will he try to reach heaven through the old and dead way, like the Oregon Trail, of trying to live a life of good works and get his way up to heaven? Or is he gonna try and go ahead and try to reach heaven through this new and living way through Jesus Christ? So just like the settlers who had heard about the new southern routes, to California um, when they were in St. Joe and in Missouri, and they're gonna choose to, it's like doors were in front of them, they were in St. Joseph in Missouri. It was like a door of the old way, of the Oregon Trail, to get to California, or are they gonna go through the door of the new way, the southern route, to get to California, the so-called Mormon way, there were some of them. And so the scribes and the Pharisees, they made sure, they made it their business that the door to the new and the living way was shut and locked at. This is the whole 
issue here he's talking about with this woe unto you. So the scribes and Pharisees, they were sitting in Moses' seat, which meant that they're supposed to be helping God. And you sit in Moses' seat, you're supposed to be helping God to bring many people to heaven by this new and living way, which means that they should have been opening up the scriptures to the people and showing them this new and living way through the blood of Jesus Christ. For example, they should have been opening up the book of Genesis and showing that Jesus Christ is that Shiloh that Jacob said all the people are gonna be gathered to in Genesis 49.10, Genesis 49.10, when he said, Jacob said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, unto him shall the gathering of the people be. They should have been opening up the scriptures to show that Jesus Christ was that prophet that Moses was talking about in Deuteronomy 18.15. Deuteronomy 18.15, when Moses said, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. They should have been opening up the scriptures to show that Jesus Christ is that virgin-born Emmanuel that Isaiah predicted in Isaiah 7.14. Isaiah 7.14, when he said, behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. They should have been opening up the scriptures to show that Jesus Christ is that child that was born whose name is the mighty God. He's the child born whose name is the mighty God that Isaiah predicted in Isaiah 9.6. Isaiah 9.6, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. They should have been showing that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God that bore the sins of the world that Isaiah predicted in all of Isaiah 53. All of Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, five, for example, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastising our pieces upon him and with his stripes were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And they should have really centered on the scriptures of, on Daniel's weeks, and they should have shown the time of Daniel's weeks has expired. This is the time right now from uh, Daniel 9.26, Daniel 9.26, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And many other scriptures, they, the scribes and the Pharisees sitting in Moses' seat were supposed to open up to the people to show that Jesus Christ was their Messiah, was their God who was gonna take their sin away, that's how they were supposed to open up the door for the new and living way to heaven, to God. That's what they were supposed to do. But if they were gonna really be in the role of God's helpers, God's assistants, taking care of God's business, which of promoting the new and living way to the people through the blood of Christ. But most of all, if they were not just gonna be play actors, they're really gonna be helpers to help get people to God, they're really gonna do it, they should have been first in line. They should have been the first in line, each one of them, to come in to God through this new and living way through the blood of Christ. I mean, if they were really gonna be God's helpers, really gonna take care of God's business, getting people to heaven, then they should have been saying to the people, repent of your sins and come through the new and living way. They should have said what John the Baptist said in John 129, John 129. They should have been the ones right out in front saying, behold the Lamb of God to Christ. Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. If they weren't play acting, if they were really God's assistants, they should have obeyed the command 
in Isaiah 40, verse nine, Isaiah 40, verse nine, O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift it up, be not afraid, and say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. They should have not been afraid, they should have been lifting up their voice, they should have been pointing to Jesus Christ and saying, Isaiah 40, verse nine, behold your God, behold your God. If they were not hypocrites, just play acting. They should have come, each one personally, to Jesus Christ, and they should have made it their life work to get others to Jesus Christ by the new and living way. In short, they just should have opened up the way to heaven by promoting Jesus Christ as the new and living way. But instead of opening the door of heaven through the new and living way of the blood of Christ, they didn't open the door to heaven. Instead, verse 13, verse 13, they shut up the kingdom of heaven. Instead of opening the door to heaven, they locked the door to heaven. That Greek word there, shut, is the word kleo. It's the same word that's used in Acts 5.23, Acts 5.23, when the officers came back and they say, the prison truly found we shut, kleo, with all safety. Just as securely as a prison door is shut and locked is as securely as the scribes and the Pharisees shut and locked the door to the new living way to God through Jesus Christ. They shut and locked the door to God. Just like they literally, they literally shut the door of Christ's tomb with that big rock to keep him from rising from the dead in Matthew 27, 62. Matthew 27, 62, the next day, that following day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, sir, we remember that the deceiver said, while he was yet alive after three days, I'll rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest the disciples come by night, steal him away. And say unto the people, he's risen from the dead, so the last day was first. Pilate said unto him, you have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. So I mean, it was the chief priests and the Pharisees, they probably were the ones who rolled that stone, that heavy stone in front of the doorway of the tomb, and as they did, we can imagine them straining to push that rock there, and many of us have seen that rock, it's big, and they're saying, we're not gonna let Jesus rise from the dead. With this stone, we're gonna stop him from opening up the new and living way to God. But the reality was there was no stone big enough to keep Christ in the grave. There's no stone big enough to block him from opening that way. So the scribes and Pharisees, to not be hypocrites, true helpers of God, it all came down to they're gonna promote or block the new and living way to God. And they made the wrong decision. In verse 13, they chose to shut it up. Now, there's two words that Christ used in verse 13 when he said, in verse 13, you shut up the kingdom of heaven, and here are the two words, against men, against men. It's so graphic, the words against men. In other words, they were not for man, they were against man. And it's a picture of Jewish people uh, starting to think about coming to Christ. They're starting to ask the question, as they did in another place of scripture, do the rulers not know that this is indeed the Christ? And they're starting to say, I wonder if Jesus Christ could be, might be the Messiah? And for every 
Jewish person that started to make that move toward the new and living way, which is Christ, the scribes and Pharisees were there to stand against men, against men. They block, they block the way with threats and fears as they did with Orthodox Rabbi Sam from New York several years ago who flew out and we met together at the Creation Museum in Santee and he prayed with me to receive Christ. But when he returned back to New York, he was told by his wife and others, if you don't turn away from Christ, you will lose your synagogue, your congregation. You will lose your wife, you'll lose your children, you're gonna lose your house, you're gonna lose your job, you're gonna lose your friends, and you're gonna lose your community. Well, that was enough. That was enough for him to call me and say, I recant, I'm turning away from Christ. Because Rabbi Sam experienced, verse 13, shutting up the kingdom of heaven against men. And it was true in Christ's day, it's true today, this shut up, ye shut up the kingdom of heaven. And um, just as I was told, I told you, just as I was told, after one year of fulfilling all the requirements as a Jew to be able to get Israeli citizenship under the right of return, that in my last interview, With the Jewish agency, I was asked the one question, do you believe Jesus Christ is God or the Son of God? And then I was told, Israeli citizenship is not for you because you believe in Jesus. Because I believe in Jesus as the new and living way to God. I was blocked from becoming an Israeli citizen because in verse 23, in verse 23, you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. And because of that, Christ said in verse 23, woe unto you, Scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, he shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. It's a tragic indictment that Christ makes to them. It's tragic because, for one thing, because they were sitting in Moses' seat, it's tragic because of what it could have been. They could have worked with God and seen thousands go to heaven, opening the door to the new and living way to heaven through Jesus Christ. You know, in 1914, 1914, R.A. Torrey, built a very large church in downtown Los Angeles on Hope Street, and he chose for that name the Church of the Open Door. That's a great name. That sends a great message, a great message to someone, you know, thinking about God and, you know, he said, I'm going to go to the place of the Church of the Open Door. That sounds great because better than the name Church of the Closed Door, and (laughs) there are those places too. But anyway, a closed door, a terrible message because a closed door basically says, you're not welcome. Closed door basically says, go away. It's the message of kleo. Kleo, the Greek word is shut up in verse 13. You shut up, you kleo, the kingdom of heaven. The Greek word is used to describe what the man, you remember that man who is, his friend came over and wanted bread and he he was in bed and he didn't want to give bread. And so what he said, Luke 11, 6, Luke 11, 6, A friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, Cleo, and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. See, the message by using that word Cleo was the door is shut, it's not gonna be open to you. It's basically a message of you're wasting your time trying to get in because the door is shut and locked. And that's the message that the scribes and the Pharisees were sending to any Jewish person who wanted to enter heaven by the new and living way through Jesus Christ. The scribes and Pharisees were saying to those souls, 
who are trying to get to heaven through Jesus Christ, go away. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.